Welcome to High Performance Equestrian Science to Enhance Rider Performance. Hello riders, today it's about skill acquisition, skill versus talent. Have you got what it takes? How can you increase your riding skills? We've all seen those amazingly skilled riders at events and think how on earth did they get so good. What does it take? How do you get there? Maybe you've been taking lessons, going to clinics, riding lots of horses, but still feel like you're not progressing. Maybe you feel stuck doing the same levels and the same skills as years ago. How do you get better? In other words, how do you increase your skills? I've said before that riding doesn't get easier. You get better and then you do harder things and keep doing harder things. Equestrian sports are not easy, they're difficult and there are lots and lots of skills that a rider has to learn. And in fact, I believe there are two different layers of skills in equestrian sport. There are just the basic skills of riding and then there are the skills of the actual discipline. So being able to ride with an independent seat, independent hands, all those sorts of things give the basic aids. But then you might be learning to jump. You might be learning to perform progressively more difficult dressage moves. And it is very much about learning. So I'm going to today address characteristics of skilled performers. What are skilled riders really like? No one is born with skills. We might be born with some ability or some heredity that some people call talent, and we'll get to that. But no one is born with riding skills. We're not even born with walking skills. We have to learn everything as we go along. So how do you get there? How do you be a skilled learner? So then we'll look at characteristics of learners. And I'll go into a little bit about skill versus talent and what an athlete can do to increase skills. When we think about skilled performers in equestrian sports, they're effective and they make it look easy, don't they? And there are different stages of skill acquisition and skilled performers are right at that end stage. Although I said three stages, it's more of a continuum. When you first start learning a skill, you're in what we call the cognitive stage. You're still learning it, so you're actively thinking about the skill The mental processes are very involved. Just imagine throwing with your non-dominant arm. You'd have to really think about how to do that. There are frequent errors. The movement is not smooth. You need lots of feedback from the coach in this stage. It's harder to give feedback to yourself. You can't really feel what's right. But it is a slower progression through the cognitive stage when you're still really thinking about what you're doing. After that, you progress to what we call the associative stage. During this stage, there's lots and lots of practice. The skills may develop more quickly. Your thinking shifts from what you're doing more to the end result of the performance. So rather than thinking about the mechanics of throwing the ball, you think about where the ball is going. In the associative stage, learners can give themselves more feedback. They can understand and interpret the results. So did the horse do what I was trying for? The movements become a little bit more fluid, there's less error, but external feedback from a coach is still really important during this stage. 
the athlete starts to adjust their technique and they can also think about performing the skill in increasingly complex environments or situations, so linking that skill with other skills. This associative stage lasts a long time. Some athletes never move out of this stage and they don't become automatic, which is a key element of the next stage, which is called autonomous. Once learners or athletes are in the autonomous stage of performing skills, they've really mastered it. There's no thinking about it at all. It's automatic, like driving a car might be. You can focus on the other aspects of competition, like decision-making, rather than the skill. Riders in an autonomous stage of skill acquisition can provide their own feedback with proprioception, which is knowing where your body is in space without looking at it. So you can feel if something is off and automatically correct it. Coaches focus on their athletes performing the skills under pressure once they're at this autonomous stage. So think about competition. And this final stage of skill acquisition is actually not reached by all athletes. Many stay in the associative stage throughout their sport playing life, but athletes who become elite have usually reached this autonomous stage of skill acquisition. The point of considering the stages of skill acquisition is its effect on performance. Imagine you're a rider who has the basic riding skills, but there are harder skills that you're learning for perhaps a dressage test. Let's say you're working on a half pass, but you're still in the cognitive stage of the half pass. So you need to think about where all your body parts are and how you're coordinating them as you're doing it. Now imagine you go to a competition that requires you to perform the half pass. If you get into that competition and you're the sort who maybe is a bit anxious or stresses and your mind goes blank, you're really going to struggle to perform skills which for you are still in the cognitive stage. And apart from performing those skills, you might actually blank out on what the next move is because instead of thinking about the next move as you really have to in a dressage test, you're still thinking about the move you're performing in that moment. It's just something to keep in mind when you interpret results or you set competition expectations for various levels. When we think about skilled performers in equestrian sports, those athletes who really have reached that mastery or autonomous stage, what are the characteristics that they have in common? Well, a few of them are such as kinesthetic sense. That means they have that proprioception which some might call muscle memory, but basically they can move, not think about it, they can just feel and put their movements on autopilot. They also have a level of anticipation. This is where they can read what's about to happen and respond accordingly. And very importantly, they have consistency. They can repeat good performances. They get the basket every single time. And then, of course, there is technique, so the technical aspects of skill execution. And this is a result of efficient and consistent movement. Their movement saves energy, it provides less chance of injury, and excellent technique is achieved through excellent practice. Poor technique repeated doesn't usually produce better technique. So that's where the coach or the eyes on the ground for the rider is just so important at locking in that correct technique. 
it's much easier to learn things just like training your horse it's much easier if the rider and the horse learn the movement correctly the first time because relearning is actually more difficult those were the characteristics of skilled performers but how do you get there you get there first by being a learner an athlete learning skills in an environment that promotes skill acquisition. There are certain characteristics that mean some people learn better or more quickly to acquire skills than others. If we think about personality, that's how someone behaves, thinks and feels, that is going to influence their work effort and their attitude towards skill development, which greatly influences acquiring those skills. A good work ethic, for example, promotes skill acquisition. A rider who has a lot of negative thoughts about their skill or ability diminishes their ability to acquire the skills. But positive self-talk and self-confidence positively influence skill acquisition. If an athlete is feeling energetic and focused, that enhances skill acquisition. But an athlete feeling sad or sluggish will develop skills at a slower rate and to a lower level. There are certain traits of personality that do help in the acquisition of skills. These, for example, are determination, enthusiasm, dedication, positive attitude, cooperation, patience, and a willingness to try something new. These all help the athlete to accept and respond to feedback from the coach. It makes them receptive to trying new ways of contemplating the skill or trying new skills, to independently seek to learn more for problem solving, to reframe obstacles as opportunity for growth. These personality traits promote resilience and they help an athlete not get so frustrated over errors or a lack of progress and they're likely to keep the athlete trying when things go wrong compared to other types of personalities. Athletes with these traits that promote skill acquisition are trainable, coachable, open-minded, they listen to their coaches and they apply the advice. They're conscientious, passionate and committed. Confidence plays an important part in skill acquisition. Believing in your own ability to acquire skill does positively influence skill acquisition and then it grows with success. When you successfully execute a new move, you in turn get more confidence, making you learn more skills even more quickly. And great coaches will be able to provide the athlete with opportunities for success early on in order to grow the athlete's belief in their ability to acquire skill. Previous experience learning skills also influences an athlete's ability to acquire skill. If an athlete has had good experiences completing similar skills, they will believe that they will be able to learn these new skills as well. Conversely, if they've had frequent failure in the past, this will decrease the rate and level of skill acquisition. However, overconfidence also results in poor skill acquisition because an athlete might believe they're better than they are and begin to try new harder skills before they're ready, which means they don't perfect the lower level skills and then don't ever move to that mastery stage of skill acquisition. I'm sure a lot of you know this about training horses too. If you skip 
steps or skills, you'll be making up for it later. Prior experience of other sports and skills transfer from these sports can also influence skill acquisition. Skill transfer can increase the speed of athletes acquiring skills in a new sport if the skills are similar. For example, athletes skilled in snowboarding would have a lot of skill transfer to something like surfing and probably pick it up quite quickly compared to learners without that prior experience. In horse riding, athletes who are trained in other sports that require balance, coordination, core strength and mobility through the joints would probably also do better than learners who've never done any physical activity before. Then there's ability, which some people refer to as talent, an ease of performing movements. It refers to an athlete's competency, maybe in a particular skill or sport, or just even movement in general. Ability is often used to describe people with an affinity for learning in particular areas. It could be sports, the arts, mathematics or science. People born with ability for sports might have a good capacity for things like reaction time and reading a situation, decision-making, intelligence that allows them to process information faster from the coach and adapt it. But remember, no one is born with all the skills. There are also some hereditary factors that make some athletes more successful at developing particular skills in very specific sports. For example, having fast or slow twitch muscle fibre types might make an athlete better at endurance events or power events. Also, the compact body of gymnasts and divers allows them to rotate through space more quickly. Long limbs on rowers, long torsos on swimmers make them particularly suited to those sports. But I've mentioned before, particularly in the equestrian Olympic disciplines, all body types can be effective in riding. Right about now you might be thinking, I don't have this ability, I don't have this talent, I wasn't born with it. Well, I'm definitely here to tell you that ability is only a starting point. Talent is only a starting point. You'll often hear people comment, oh, she's so talented or he's such a natural rider. It's definitely not the ability or the talent that you're looking at if someone is a skilled rider. You're looking at the skill and that skill has been acquired through many, many years of blood, sweat and tears. When you're looking at someone who is in the mastery stage of skill acquisition, talent has left the building long ago. Talent might be potential, but without the passion, commitment, determination, the other elements of a good learner profile, talent alone can't produce an athlete at the mastery level. What gets an athlete to the mastery stage is striving for constant improvement, retaining that burning passion for the sport required to excel and absolutely never giving up. Riders should never believe that every great rider is innately talented and we could never ride as such. What they are is skilled. They have worked hard to attain those skills. Just think about how much you've improved compared to some time in the past. Now think about progressing even more into the future. Where riders and any athlete end up is much more related to the work they put in than their starting place. 
acquiring and developing new skills is achievable. Let's say you've got the drive, you've got the passion, you want to be a highly skilled writer at the mastery level of skill acquisition. Now what do you have to do? Well, in some cases, you have to be prepared to do what it takes and prepared to do what many others along the way will not do, which really is lots and lots of hard work. But also, you can be a smart learner. You can consciously become a better learner. If you want to acquire skill, match yourself with a coach who doesn't just tell you what to do, but they address these factors in skill acquisition so a rider can progress. A great coach knows how to increase confidence in a horse and rider six-legged athlete by letting them experience success, breaking skills down into something that athlete can achieve so they can keep progressing. They know when particular skills need to be focused on in isolation and when that skill can be built upon or added to other skills and performed together. And a great coach not only trains an athlete with their external feedback, but they can teach the athlete what the right type of movement feels like so that the athlete learns to give their own feedback. And as a learner, we can be determined and enthusiastic. We can bring a positive attitude to our training and an open mind. We can accept that setbacks happen, that skill acquisition for a horse and rider team is not a linear process. Sometimes it's two steps forward, three steps back. But learners who are resilient will understand that over time, the net effect of skill acquisition is still moving forward. I hope today's episode has helped you reflect on skill versus talent in particular. And perhaps next time you look at a rider who is a real master at the sport, you might think they are so skilled rather than they are so talented. I actually think giving all the credit to talent disregards the work that has gone into acquiring those skills. And if you are an equestrian, you know how hard we all work at our riding skills. Next episode, I'm going to consider periodization in equestrian sports. Are there different seasons or periods throughout the year for training riders in their fitness, strength and conditioning? Thanks so much for joining me today. Until next time, happy riding.